Welcome to the podcast. My name is Rhiannon Berry and I'm the host of A Living Library of Resiliency. It's a creative conversation between two like-minded individuals, sometimes with a special guest co-host, and it's all about exploring resiliency in the fields of professional um, creatives and professional helpers. And I am an advocate for including more society in psychology and more psychology in society. When you look at early history of psychological science and the experiments and the findings, they were driven by intrigue, scientific intrigue um, about behavior. Um, Occasionally, they were also driven by the desire to elevate um, human societies and alleviate human suffering. So early contributions did set the groundwork for, you know, the field. But psychology is a field that's always growing. It is a science. Even the early contributions of Freud, who many um, kind of paint into a negative box, the early outcomes were giving people hope, you know, for the first time. And also... Uh, demystifying mental illnesses. His findings and the findings of his followers had irrefutable impact on being stepping stones towards our modern treatments for phobias, anxiety disorders, panic attacks, um, treatments namely like a cognitive behavioral modifications, systematic desensitizations, Um, and exposure therapies, you know, and now there is also a huge self-healing movement as well as an unprecedented openness to speak about and to seek help for mental wellness across lifespan. And en masse, we are operating on a higher level when it comes to parenting, understanding our stress, our unconscious aspects of motivation and learning, Um, even better understanding discrimination and prejudice and also getting a better grasp of dehumanization. Um, All these underpinnings, you know, that go towards the power structures in our society, the criminal justice system, and even psychology now, we are learning much more about leadership and working environments. This makes psychology important. It's an important and unwavering tool in the betterment of society, no matter the path or the lessons that have been taken to or learned to get us here. Today, our guest is Andrea Wayland. Uh, she has been creating a positive lens through which the world can view psychology. So, Andrea Wayland is an author, a poet, social worker, and a yogi. She's a certified Hatha yoga teacher and owns and operates Gangnam Moon Yoga Studio in Beansville, Ontario, Canada. She has a BA in psychology from Brock University and a social services diploma from Niagara College. Reiki master, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, chai kung, feng shui, and meditation teacher round out her teaching experience. 
Her dedication to spiritual healing comes from overcoming childhood, mental, physical, and emotional abuse, surviving rape and sexual assault, miscarriages, and infant loss. Personal experiences make her an effective healer today. The gift she strives to share through her writing for women is that the world is whole and we are all equal parts of the whole. Her book, No Matter How Dark the Stain, is Andrea's first full-length book of poetry, inspirational poems for women about self-worth, trauma, resilience, and healing. And healing can happen in an instant. Opening this book of poetry for women is like opening your awareness. It's the first step in the direction of love, of listening to your heart, to your soul song. Andrea also has a book called Deeper Days, which was just published. She's currently doing some promotions for it. She was at the Grimsby Library uh, earlier this week. And Deeper Days was written during COVID. It's yoga inspirations for inner calm amidst chaos. It was written during, you know, the lockdowns when she wanted to focus on positive things. So if you purchase this this book, Deeper Days, you will have um, uh, a year's worth of uh, focus, daily focuses. And through that, you will achieve readiness. Um, so when you come to one of her yoga classes after participating uh, as, a, as a reader, your mind will be open to the full experience. So it's like a preparation guide for finding out um, what your soul song is, um, getting in touch with your mindset, opening yourself up to deeper meditation, empowering yourself, loving yourself, participating in more self-care, but also overcoming your traumas and using yoga for spiritual healing. if you do the inner work and that's so deep deeper days is uh, something for each day if you do the inner work and you um yeah there's there's so much magic that, sort that of can happen ready to meditate too right because a lot of that is like pushing intrusive thoughts well i think without relaxation there's no insight you have okay. to have this calm you have to have this calm place in order to receive that stuff so if you're at the grocery store busy 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 there's nothing new coming. Yeah, if you don't take time to pause, if you always have a radio or a TV playing or, yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Stop and see. Just sit under a tree for a minute. <laughs> Just sit where you are. Yeah. I was studying a lot of uh, environmental psychology and um, the studies um, sort of all pointing towards how just being in nature and you get the mm. most benefit alone. Um, Love it how it mimics the in-office counseling um, perceived best outcomes. Interesting. So the stages that you would go through in counseling, you can go through all of them on a hike. I'm not saying for like deep trauma, but... I understand what you're you saying what on saying? a deeper level, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you go through each one, you, you first enter, and then, you know, something else is happening, then you're getting realization... Uh, and then, you know, by the time you're out, you're at the same stage mm -hmm. as you would have had you left a counseling Absolutely session. amazing. So wow. nature does that.
Sure is who you are. The, those things are who you are. All yeah. of the yoga poses, these aren't new. This, everyone did them as babies. Yeah. Yeah, I it's love the baby the chipping pose. away. Oh, happy baby pose. The two fingers around the toe. Oh, <laughs> it feels so good. Sometimes you can't reach your toe and you have to hold your yoga pants. <laughs> Wherever oh, yeah. it is for you. Yeah. Or you need the, you. like the straps. <laughs> straps, yeah. Yeah, that one's one of my favorite. And then so is the pigeon pose. Oh, that's I lovely. love it. Oh, Me it feels too. so good. I rock back and forth in oh. that in that for a while. And all of them rock back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, so how old are your kids? They are 15 and 12. I don't know, what. how do you feel about um, sort of developing something for single parents? I think it's important and I think it's essential right now. And I think that the way to touch hearts and to reach the single parents and to offer them any help is from your own experiences, from the heart. I think the heart hears the heart. So I think you're on the right track there with that. Yeah, and I also think like a lot of what we already do and what you do and what I do definitely includes single parents. Um, but I see a lot of like for the goddess and, you know, there's a lot of on-trend things and mm -hmm. I don't see anything specific for um, either uh, single individuals or single parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think it's a whole separate dynamic, a whole separate category that um, might be a little under the radar that might just need a little light to shine upon that aspect, as you and I both know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because, you know, you feel a little uncomfortable sometimes entering into, you're at a retreat, and there's a lot of people sharing um, maybe how they feel or answers to questions and prompts, um, and then there's nobody like you there. Right. That you can't share really, you know, what what you're feeling or what you're going through to the full extent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think it might scare people to know, you know, what it's really like sometimes. I think you're right about that because I think a lot of those people at the retreats are going home to someone where they can rest their head on their pillow that night. And that's but why I like to keep it like um affordable too not to say all single parents are lower income because that's not what i i mean by that statement but um they're not two household incomes they are not right so a lot of people say oh i'd love to come you know if it was a little bit less so i always do like a few really low cost or free retreats or at least tickets for every retreat just acknowledging that barrier especially for single parents or mm -hmm. the last one that when you came on um, and we did Life's the Beach mm -hmm. and we added a children's side because some of the feedback was I can't come without my child. The child care. So the hiccup there was I couldn't have insurance for children under 13. But right. in the future, maybe there will be. And I'd like to include that. Yes, Absolutely. That's yeah. half the battle is having someone to watch the kids, and a lot of single moms don't. Yeah. There's nobody to come. Yeah, to come and help you out. To watch the, the kids wrong for timing. an hour. Yeah, like Sunday <laughs> afternoon isn't a good time to mm -hmm. go to a retreat and leave the kids with somebody. Plus, you know, you have this whole laundry list of things that you have to do, so it's very hard to 
even like like to find the time to come here today too i'm sure for you with two young children i'm in a different ballpark because my son's 17 and he's completely like emotionally intelligent and capable Amazing. i'm just Good like for you i'm so amazed at how how he is um uh so i don't have that pull on me like but i remember it i remember mm. trying to go to college with a seven year old at home i remember um getting a job where um, I had to leave one job, go to the school, pick him up, go to my mother's, pick her up, drive them to my grandfather's so that he could be babysat and sleep overnight there, and then drive all the way across town to bartend mm-hmm. until then like two in the morning. And that's not including dinner, feeding, the laundry, the clothing. Yeah. That the was errands, just work and trying bills. to get him taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... so yeah, so yeah. I remember, I totally remember what it's like to be, like, the sole uh, parent. Um, but also, like, he did go out to his father's on the weekends here and there, but then his father ended up going into the military, mm-hmm. into the Navy. So, yeah, at that point, I was completely single parent. Um, I was just going to say, how did that affect you? Yeah, like, he didn't, I don't think he saw his dad again for two years at one period, and then I started sending him out to go visit him, but it was mm-hmm. only for a week or two at a time. So in reality, it was me um, yeah. with the support of my mother and my grandfather. But I remember yeah. every single one of those challenges, um, missing seminars because, you know, something happened at home or there was, you know, somebody got sick and, you know, showing up and, and being there and then seeing that the door was locked because the speaker started. Mm-hmm. And like, there's nothing you can do about it because you're one of like, and you and the other person with the kid are the ones in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think that knowledge could be um, used, utilized to support other women. You know, I think so. I think the conversation is important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. And you have um, a yoga studio? I have a yoga studio, Ganga Moon Yoga in Beamsville. Yes, yeah. I opened that in 2011. And you're sole proprietor? I am. Yeah. Is that the only place that you work or do you work somewhere else too? I work for Community Living St. Catharines too. Oh, wonderful. I care for adults with intellectual disabilities in a group home oh, on the evenings and weekends usually. That's difficult work. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you love it. Some people really love it and flourish in it. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes a certain type of individual to do that. I I worked for a very short period in a home with adults, with high-functioning adults with mental illness. Mm. That was probably the most difficult job I've ever had. What kind of mental illness? Um, Well, let's, let's put it this way. Okay. When I started... The woman who was leaving, who was training me, told me not to look at their files for the first three months I was there, just to get to know them as people. Mm. Yeah. The so, file of incident reports? Incident. Um, <laughs> file of um, not so much incident reports, medical history, personal mm. history, and diagnosis. Uh, so it was people who under other circumstances, and without their medication would be in prison. Wow. Yeah, so I lasted about 10 months there. 
Wow. And my last day I was crying on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it anymore. But I, I didn't want to leave them. But at the same time, I was like, oh, this is, this you is have a lot. To. Yeah. yeah. I, I went to a group home like that and was reading the incident reports in the office and then what I was hearing upstairs and what I saw. And I think I was on the same shift. I don't think I made it the shift. I knew. I'm Not out. for you? Yeah, no, no. Not for me. Yeah. But I'm really lucky right now that every job I have, I actually love it. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing. And how did you get to that point? Um... That's a good question. I've kind of cultivated my life to just do those things that I love that make me feel good. And it just so, I don't want to say it just happened. I guess it's all choices, but um, sometimes I'll be an EA for the Niagara Catholic School Board as well. And I love it. I love working with the kids. I love working with the adults. And I love teaching yoga. Wow. And writing. I love all of them. I think it's all the same. It's kind of caregiving, which I've always done since 14. So Yeah, and there's an element of creativity. There is, and there's an element of, um, yeah, staying who you are. So it's not a 9 to 5 in a cubicle kind of job. Following right? policy and procedure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's similar to me. I, I, I understand policy and procedure. I'm sure you have to follow it. Um, with community Absolutely. living and the school board as well yeah yeah with the school board too yeah mm-hmm. um, so there are positions within like the social work and wellness fields that you do have to follow but they make sense for the most part mm-hmm. of why you would have to follow them um, but when you get those positions where it's just like weird power archies <laughs> <laughs> and there's policies to keep them in place it's like what I can't be here anymore <laughs> Yes, yeah. and some things I won't say on the podcast. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, other people have, so <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so tell me a little bit about um, young Andrea. Um, were you, al- did you always know you wanted to be a writer, yoga teacher, take psychology? Like when did, when did all of these things sort of come up in your life? Um, so I think during childhood, I began writing. I didn't quite know what it was um, around age seven. So I had a couple teachers in grade school kind of say, oh, this is brilliant. And <clears throat> there's some comments on top of the papers of some of the poetry that I wrote. And the teacher encouraged me to do that. Um, I felt misunderstood a lot. And I found that the writing was a good outlet for that. I would understand myself with the words I was seeing. Um, I wanted to figure out childhood. And so that's what led me to psychology. It's like something's really messed up about this and these things that are happening around. And um, so I took psychology to try and figure everything out. And... So there was a focus on childhood development and, um, like, adolescence? Uh, yeah, or maybe more so as with the poetry of um, feeling the, the pain of these things or um, the archetypes that we learn as children 
And then I wanted to transform them, to understand them, to make light of them. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So all of the, the different personality theory of, you know, the mother and... How I took, in psychology, I loved um, biological psychology, neuropsych, oh. those kinds of things, over-perception sociology. I loved neuropsych, mm-hmm. but, it, but the pharmacology part of it, I, I started <coughs> from a place, like I'm 40, I took it last year, and... I hadn't taken a biology class since grade 10. So I was like, the first two chapters were ridiculous. <laughs> and my friend who is a pharmacist said, once you get past the first two chapters, you'll be okay. It's <laughs> like, what is this stuff? Yeah. But it is, it's I, so interesting. I love the brain and behavior, the cause and the effect. And it makes existential you feel psychology. more in control, doesn't it? Like having that knowledge that these are the things that are happening when somebody's behaving this way Mm -hmm. or it makes you more sympathetic and empathetic. Yeah. And compassionate, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Especially when it comes to understanding how Mm -hmm. drugs interact in the body, like um, like illegal drugs or even pharmaceuticals, but like Mm -hmm. the ones that are abused. Right. Understanding what that actually does and what addiction is from a deep biological perspective really helps you, I think, in this type of work. When you encounter just like individuals who, like with me with the high-functioning mental health individuals and you with the, um, is it seniors or is it just mentally? So I work with adults with intellectual disabilities, but what you just said reminded me of um, after psychology and social services worker diploma, I went to Toronto to heal the word. They healed the world from AIDS. I worked with the AIDS patients um, for seven years, like palliative care kind of things. But all of them at that time period had addictions. And so hearing you say that just makes me wish I'd studied that a little bit more. Before. before. Yeah. But I did learn so much about about addiction. You can learn a lot on the job. But then... Back then, AIDS was also seen as terminal, too. So it's a lot yeah. different now. It's expanded. Mental it's health broader. was seen differently. They didn't know as much about neuroscience at that time, either. Um, yeah, it's hard, right? Because now we're we're al- allowed to talk about these things. About everything. Yeah. It's amazing. I see my yeah. son talking about it at school. I see mm-hmm. him, you know, and he comes home and tells me stories of his friends and how, you know, he's so open with how he feels. How old is he? 17. Amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Good job. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, the other day he did like a stand-up routine in front of his school at like an event. Uh, first time I think ever. he saw a post, something yeah, like that. Somebody uh, sent me the tail end of it, one of his teachers. But yeah, like there were a few jokes in there about mental health. <laughs> It's like you, you're joking about mental health now. Um, but yeah, like so. But it shows the emotional intelligence, what you were saying, right? Yeah, so how you, amazing that must be for you to see that. Yeah, it is. and But it's also just like the fact that these young kids in these schools are being, um, by the teachers, being supported in such a way that they're free to talk about these things, that they're comfortable talking about how they're feeling, what's going on in mental health in their peers, 
um, there's a lot of individuals in his school. There's one that I guess he said started dressing as an angel, and that's okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. That's in my well, day it was a lot different. Well, I think what you're saying is the acceptance, and uh, yeah, I I absolutely agree. I think it's wonderful. It's an expanded consciousness, and it's a higher consciousness. When you're born in 1975, 1980, you didn't hear about these things, you didn't say anything about these things, and that's what led me to psychology to try and figure things out. Yeah. But now it's so beautiful, there's a whole other way, there's this whole world that's opened up, and it's important to know all these aspects of yourself and what you can do with them and how you can thrive in those situations. Yeah, for, for yourself, yeah, because I know, like, I, I understand that, you know, having studied... When you're taking psychology, you're not only learning something, you're healing yourself. Absolutely. <clears throat> for, for, for a big part, especially when you're taking like, so say, you, say you've had a, a parent who was a drug addict mm. and you study this stuff. The world looks different and things are pulling apart and change is great, but it has this like physical quality of pain to it too. Like, like <laughs> it's, you know, we're talking neuroscience. It's almost like your brain is like, wait a second. Like it doesn't turn out. off for one second. <laughs> you are constantly thinking of concepts, ideas, experiential experiences, processing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love psychology, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's probably where most of the poetry from my first book, no matter how dark the stain came from, actually, I feel now looking back at it, it's a lot of that processing. It's a lot of putting experience in, into words and into places mentally so that um, there's like a strong foundation. And you can build on that. Oh, for sure. Even like the terminology, even if you don't use that exact word in your poetry, you now have a tool to describe how you're feeling, mm -hmm. right? That you didn't before. Mm -hmm. Or you may not have had before. But like I find like as I'm studying um, and learning the new jargon, I guess, I, <laughs> it's giving me, it's like, well, I've been saying that or thinking that or I understood that, but I didn't know how to say it. Yeah. This gives me a way of saying it. Yeah, it's so important to have a voice or to, at some point in your life, find your voice. I yeah. Think. And I love about poetry that, for me, is an outlet where I can transform any experience into what I want or into how I feel. It's like a whole other world. It's like rewriting a narrative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They do that a lot, too, in therapy, don't they? They have you take a scenario in your life and then, like, rewrite it. As to what you would have liked the outcome to be? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah it's a process. I, I did that a long time ago um, about you would write down uh, the negative things you say to yourself and then rewrite it into the positive, into what's actually true. And then you can see the difference. Yeah, on it's evidence-based, yeah. Right? Because yeah. once it's outside of your head and once you see things on paper, it doesn't ruminate and... Yeah, less trickery. There's yeah. less. I always say the mind is a trickster. Yeah, you have to be pulled out of it sometimes. And a liar. And I like the power of writing because you can see it on paper. So then, yeah. you can't mess with it. It's, it's right the there. Truth, right? It's, it's right. Actual. There. It's you. And sometimes I like to use poetry to hide things too. Oh, I think poetry's <laughs> great for that. I love that you said that. 
I'm just being honest. <clears throat> sometimes it's like in painting, right? So I paint. Sometimes I, I'd say the first like 25 paintings I ever did had an underpainting. <laughs> right? So yeah. the thing I really wanted to show the world is under mm-hmm. what ended up <clears throat> being um, what I showed the world. Yeah. Right? So just for me. Um, but sometimes so I get true. brave and I actually be bold and I paint. Like, mm-hmm. But then you always have the artist statement. And you get a chance to really hide it again in the artist statement. Or you can be like forward. with. I've it never heard of the artist statement. Please tell me about that. Yeah. So it's like art is like, so I have this friend. She's amazing. Um, I love going to her for advice. We went for a tour of the art gallery of Ontario together. I was like, you're coming with me. Um, she just knows her ins and outs. But I remember telling her, like, oh, I'm finally applying to, like, shows and exhibits. Because for a long time I was just doing it for me. Mm-hmm. There's so much writing. She's like, yep. Like, a huge part of art is writing. She goes, I used to have to write, like, eight-page pamphlets for one piece. And I'm like, yeah. So what companies want, some some people will be like, we want 100 words. Some people will be like, I want 1,000 words. Some people will want... So not only do they want your artist bio, like who you are, how you started, what your technical skills are, how your peers view you, you know, and all this other stuff. But then they want the piece you're submitting, what it means. But they, they want it to be almost like convoluted. Like, and so you're sometimes you can write it straightforward, but sometimes not because it's just you wanted to paint two flowers. So now it's like, what's the meaning underneath it? What's the artist trying to say? Oh, I see what you're saying. So sometimes you give that away, right? And a lot of times they want you to give them that so they can jury your piece into the show. So my, I'm doing an exhibit. My exhibit is on um, the brain, the mysteries of the brain. Mm -hmm. Well, now something that I painted about... um, the loss of a family member, all of a sudden I'm writing something on it to match this call for art. Wow. <laughs> so How amazing. Yeah. It's a lot of writing. Um, yeah, that's just amazing. I've never heard that before. I wonder what that's like for you because I know writing the book, writing books and writing words is totally different f- for me than now the book is out. People have to buy it. How do you sell it? I'm like, pardon? Yeah, you have to get like a forward <laughs> written. And... So there's, if I'm book marketing or trying to promote the books or something, I'm not writing. So yeah, you're I'm not seeing writing like, anymore. So I'm seeing you being an artist and having your creation and then you have to do all of this other work. It's like two you have to do totally different sides, right? And people are always like, well, there was a call out this week. <laughs> and it was like, send us a DM of your best piece of work and we will judge it and the best winner will win and might hang it in and somehow that's going to translate into more business patrons might take a picture of it so i was like first off how much is the prize i'm always like and people like ask for art on the internet all the time too so they can add it to like different you know how you can pull images sometimes Mm -hmm. in adobe and stuff yeah there's scammers out there who are like, send me your art on mermaids. And like, so I'm like, and I see like hundreds of people go, this might, because people are so desperate to have their art seen and desperate to sell their art that they fall for this all the time. So I always send uh-huh. like questions back. 
But anyway, I'm just so tired, I digress, but I'm just so tired of being asked to do things purely on chance, pitting artists against each other for a prize and for exposure for us. Is that actually a thing? That's a, that's one, one, I mean, that's one instance. That's one example. I can give another example. There was uh, a restaurant opening in the Niagara region. Um, he very much liked one image so he put it out there to artists to create the image and the best ones would win and he would have five of them hanging in his restaurant so I called him and I said okay so is there payment he was like yeah $50 I'm like it will cost me more than $50 for the material and um, now I have to drive it out to him um, and I'm pitted against other people so I might not even win so I'm supposed to create something for his restaurant decor and his response to me was, well, a lot of people have already submitted. But I said, okay, well, I've got a job and I'm I'm cool. So I'm going to step back and let other people take advantage of this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thanks for putting it out there. Not right for me. So, and then bring into play what we talked about earlier about being a single mom. Right, now I'm situation. just supposed to take chances all the time. But how many single moms have something that he would have loved and they could never do, put all yeah, of those. Or not even single moms, just like together. people on a budget, right? You have really utilized a lot of the, um, like this place today, a lot of, um, um, what do you call it? Um, Community resources. Community resources. I love that about you. I love that you're not afraid to get things. And I love that how you use them makes you um, help other people and reach out to other people and make the world a better place. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. That's why I started this podcast, too, because I just wanted people to have an opportunity to share who they were, who they actually were. Because, again, I see things on the Internet. It's, like, so fast-paced, right? Um, And, like, as an example, like, there's somebody who goes around um, offering, you know, come on my show, um, and then they get on the show, and it's like, Answer this question, answer this question, answer this question, answer this question. Okay, thank you very much for coming on. So now the individual with the show on social media gets to share that person's unexplained answers. Like you want to elaborate a little bit on the answers you give. Mm -hmm. Um, Very short, so four minutes to maybe 20 minutes. And then they get to acquire all those audience members from that person so to me it's it feels like like and then you can see them too so you can see the look on their face when they've just revealed like information about themselves like you know why did you get into this or um what do you do to help your mental health there's you know and then you look at their face and and you can see they're like oh shit what is this you know what i mean so like i felt like people needed more time to talk and I've been asked to be on a few things that were like five minute, five minute, blah, blah, blah with, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, no, five minutes. I don't like, I don't feel comfortable giving you like those deep answers. Well, how can you share your heart and, and really truly in in those few minutes? Yeah. And the same questions everybody gets asked. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. So (laughs) I was just like, well, you know, during COVID I was like, well, I'm just going to see, I'm going to start it and see how it goes. And if people want to um, promote their work, that's fine with me. And if people want to come on because they have a story to tell, that's great too. I had uh, one girl come on 
uh, she reached out to me and said, this is lovely. I really want to share my experience. Mm-hmm. And you can go back and listen to the episode, but uh, okay. it's Ariel. And she does like, her creative outlet is she's got a ring hanging from a tree in her backyard. Mm-hmm. And she does acrobatics on it. Amazing. And her story is that she came from being um, like an escort to taking to getting a master's in psychology awesome. and working in the field. Awesome. Yeah, so she came on and shared her story. So, I mean, for to reach somebody like that, I was just like, this is, there's been some really great guests. I, yeah, I think we're all like that. I think we all have that little gem, that little jewel inside of us that um, is a light for someone else. You know, like burning embers are in all of our souls. And then when you see someone... Uh, shine bright it's like breathing oxygen onto the embers inside and i think her being honest with her story you being honest with what you're doing it lights other people it gives people permission to be who they are and, and to share their experience i think that's how um you know just one person one heart one breath at a time i think that's how yeah and something waking you up i know a lot of people were woken up during covid and I loved uh, it loved it I, I loved it. Yeah. As a yoga teacher, I see that all the time. People taking time to come in, stop, relax, have space between what they're doing next, space to come from a more creative place. During COVID, no one was at the Tim Hortons. The consumerism slowed down. They could see who they were. They stopped for a second, and they saw what was most important to them. This is what I see in yoga classes all the time. So from my perspective, it was so beautiful, though I understand the hardship. Um, but Duality. That, that, per, that perspective of just knowing what's most important in your life, who's most important, Coming where you're to spending your money. Who you are, what you've done. Your what relationship. Yeah. Who are you sitting with? Who are you? Uh, things you hadn't dealt with and pushed down, Right time to be like just to be in your own head there's nowhere to run to there's only so yeah. much netflix you can watch so much what netflix you can watch so much what netflix i don't know what that is. oh it's like a <laughs> streaming service for movies but a lot of people during that time like there were certain shows on netflix that were just like like consumed by everybody at once right? so i'm being a little facetious but oh i remember oh walking with my neighbor and she's like so what series are you watching? And, you know, there's all of these shows on Netflix and, and Prime, I think. Some Prime is something. And she, she looked over and my face was just kind of blank. <laughs> and I said, I write books. Yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm a creator. I'm creating for you. And that's one of the things, too. It's like um, one of the things early on that struck me was, and I've said this so many times, but mm-hmm. how much the world realized the value of creators. During that time is when my book of poetry finally came out, and I have bins and bins and bins of poetry written from seven years old, and that is when I got my book out. Yeah. So it's like this space and time where, yes, like I had the time to sit there. Yeah, I had the time together. Yeah, to develop things too, like workshops and stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. But at the same time, people sort of found more value in it. Like wow. in general, like um, with the world slowing down a little bit, it was like, 
Like, there are always people who love theater and love, you know, everybody loves music and a good movie, but it was the creative, like, um, offerings that were just being eaten up. I, yeah, I think just everything else became so much more important. The iPhones came out. The instant gratification came out. The porn in the pocket came out. The... Um, yeah, the Disney, the Netflix, there's so many shiny objects for everyone to look at, right? The attention span went down. We used to have attention span. I used to teach yoga was 90 minutes. You could not teach a class for less than 90 minutes. Now teaching a class for 60 minutes is tough. I'm sure there'll be yoga express soon, right? <laughs> the attention span is totally down. So I, I think it's a cultural thing. Because I yeah. think in the East, they're not so fast-paced how North America has been. Well, and that's another thing that I noticed was, like, during COVID, people were making all these promises to themselves about what was important to them, what they wanted to do, how they wanted to change, how they wanted their lives to be. A lot of people made changes. But I, I feel like I go out there now, and I feel like everybody has forgotten those promises that they made to themselves. It's getting busy. Or some of them. And I'd often wonder, like, if, if people were keeping journals during this time, I would love to reread those journals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see sort of like a videography from the evidence online, right? Mm-hmm. But personal journals, it would be really interesting to see like the difference. And like, even if you went back and read yours during that time, are you living the life that you realized that you wanted to live during yes. that time? Yeah. yeah. Um, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, This in my new book called Deeper Days is actually just that. It's can you hold one thought per day? So there's a daily reflection, which is actually what I did during the lockdown to kind of keep that peace, keep that grounding. Because at the same time, we're talking about the creative aspect. There was so much fear that paralyzed so many people and so much death that, that shook everybody to the core. And um, the book I wrote after, No Matter How Dark the Stain, came out in 2021. It's called Deeper Days, and it's just about that, staying in touch with your heart during the day. So you hold one thought while you're in the fast-paced chaos. So it's a book about finding calm amidst chaos, which I think is so important. It's it's an ancient practice. It's Indian practice. Mm -hmm. We do it in yoga. It's one of the eight limbs of yoga. Um, Dharana and Diana is concentration meditation. If you can't hold a thought, what do you what positive thought for yourself? What are you holding? What are you actually doing? You're just going Who through the paces. Really. Actually, are you? Mm-hmm. But we're so much more than what we think we are. We're so much more than Netflix and iPhones and all of that yeah. stuff, right? So hopefully, um, people stay in touch with the heart and not go too fast. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, and I, I've also been playing around with the idea of of that as a workshop in a retreat is the promises you made to yourself like revisiting them that's beautiful i like it just reminded me of a poem i wrote a long time ago called promises that'd be a a nice name for a retreat for sure yeah yeah i'd like that name too Mm -hmm. um yeah so there's like so much going on in 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 the world during that time it's gotten a lot busier now um, how has your life changed since um, health restrictions have been uh, lifted and everything's kind of gone back to the, is it the new normal or is it normal? What is normal? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what normal is. I'm a poet, so I'm all, <laughs> and a yoga teacher. I have a double. 
<laughs> a double whammy. People yeah. think I hug trees and do weird things at night. <laughs> do you, though? I, probably. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes is the answer. Have you ever made a potion? Yes, actually. Yes. <laughs> um, I have studied and tried everything. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's Inquisitive funny. minds want to know, right? Mm-hmm. That's like me. Uh, people say, well, what are you? And I'm like, oh. like, how do I explain this? <laughs> I say love. Oh, you just give it. Um, I am love. One like, word, I am love. Yeah, I've kind of, um, you know, like Michelangelo. Did you ever hear that saying how Michelangelo created his sculptures? Was he chipped away all the excess and the sculpture was just there? Yeah. I kind of feel like that's been my life path, my life journey. That's what I've been doing. So right now where I'm at, I'll just call things very simply. It's either love or it's fear. Yeah. So during COVID, you were teaching online or? I, I didn't teach online um, because it's not the ethics and the values that I believe in. And I've been teaching a long time and I had some really great teachers, one for eight years, one for four years, another one for four years. And then I started teaching. But for me sitting at home, if someone got hurt or injured I don't it's not it just wasn't ethical for me so I didn't feel comfortable doing it money wise yes I probably should have but there's yeah my heart was I didn't want to um, have anybody at home and not see for me wherever your feet are placed is where your ankle bones are, is where your knee bones are, is where your hip bones are. So if one thing's out of place, what's the point in holding it and breathing there? Yeah. It can cause injury, which is not my angle. Yeah, and you my, think you're doing, I know I used to get, like the yoga teachers that I've had in the past have come and like pushed my shoulders back. I get a lot of this. I'll, I'll start at the feet. <laughs> I believe in like making strong roots and then the, the rest can be whatever it is. Yeah. But, but I, it, you're I right, if you're not holding to it. Be hurt. And, well, the whole point of yoga is to breathe, and you want to be in the perfect posture. Like, not perfect posture, but you want to be in the correct posture for your body where you can have a nice deep breath, and um, that's the whole idea. So Yeah, and you can really feel it when you adjust the posture to what it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Yeah, or to, to make a it, huge difference. To make it uh, find a way that it feels the best for you, that you can take in the most oxygen and things like that. just makes you a better person. Yeah. More, more, not a better person than you're already perfect, but you can feel the difference in yourself when you take a full breath than when you don't. You can feel a difference in yourself when you pause and when you don't. Very true. And, and yeah. Yeah, very, very true. I can attest to that because, like, I've been in yoga classes where I've been adjusted, and it's like the world of, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> now I get it. Thank you. Aw, yeah. that's nice. I had a, a yoga teacher who would come along and there was like a, a one pose he used to always run his finger down the bottom of my soul oh. <laughs> because it would be, it would do something to my foot to like flatten it out or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And interesting. then also like at the end when we were in Shavasana, he would come mm. around with lavender scented water in oh. hot yoga and missed you. Oh, beautiful. Oh, so nice. You could last another five minutes after that. I love these little things that teachers do. I wonder how that aspect will be after, like now that studios are open. Yeah. And I'm still shocked that the yoga studio is closed. 
Are you? Yeah, for yeah. mental health reasons alone. And health. Just just for during the COVID lockdown. So for me, it was like, how can I touch my students um, while they're at home? And that's what made me write uh, Deeper Days. Yeah. So that there's yoga at home. So if it happens again, there's something for every day that they can do, that they can practice. Different type of yoga than the postures. Well, yeah. the postures is just one aspect. So there's 293 yoga sutras yeah. from Patanjali that are actual what yoga is. And only two of them, I believe it's two, is about the postures. Yeah. So sutra is like um, a suture, like a piece of thread. So it's really about your mind and being aligned and being connected with your highest potential. That's awesome. Do you want to read um, a poem from your book? Or is it Deeper Days? This one, uh, the book of poetry is No Matter How Dark the Stain, Poems and Inspiration for the Woman in Pain. So there is a nice poem in here that is called Live in Light that I could read. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I I might cry here. Let me get my Kleenex. Just in case. I get emotional on poetry. Okay, I should have read this first. (laughs) You can go again if you need to. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for being here. I'm really enjoying this. Okay. Live in light. It's in my smile that tilts its wave, hidden beneath my fear love craves. To see your face, the sun and moon, whispering broken words, an unknown tune. I long for you, for you with me, through the long dreaded night's eternity. Till the water halts its shallow mist, and mother's children remain unkissed, till earth and shore Remain neutral tones, and wondrous worries come to the known. Till sky and shark embrace and sweet, till shh and song simply retreat. Until the desert's deserted floor knocks down forest's secluded door. Till man and woman charge in stride, till black and white hold hands with pride. Until the darkness's terrorizing gasp. Fills up with love, light deserves at last. To be entwined with the arms I love, no darkness can keep me from taking my place. I will be strong, the light I will chase, knowing in the end light shadow will be cast upon your beautiful face. And only together can we make dreams come true. So I will live in this darkness till I can live in light. With you. And who's that about? Oh, Rihanna. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's pretty deep and like it it focuses on someone. You know, actually just reading that, uh, just feeling love, like love period, not not really one person. But one person did come to mind, but that he wasn't in the life. He wasn't in my life at the time I wrote that so many years ago. So Oh, it's not interesting. You you I think you wrote a spell. <laughs> that's interesting. That's where the word spelling comes from, which I just learned probably this year was the word spelling is actually from the word spell, meaning your words actually cast a spell yeah. every time you say them, your vibrations. 
Yeah, it's your intentions that you put out into the world. It's said in a million different ways. How did I not learn that in grade four, though? They didn't, they didn't want you to learn about paganism. <laughs> did you go to um, <laughs> Did you go to a Catholic school like me? Um, in high school, yes. Yeah, yeah. I got switched over from grade school to Catholic school. I think to straighten me out, maybe. Oh, fix wow. me up. Oh, is that the idea? The discipline, <laughs> the guilt, right? You, you have to instill that young. It doesn't work if you switch them during their teenage years. Um, I went to a school. Uh, my principal was a nun. Really? Yeah. Well, my first school was was St. Martin's. My second school was Holy Angels School. I moved around a lot, but I went to, like, Holy Family School. Was it St. Martin's in Smithville? No, this is up north. Okay. Terrace Bay, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, we had a nun, Sister Grexton. Uh, she was okay, but I think she was still using the strap. But I think it phased out before I, <laughs> I don't know if it phased out or not. I left in grade three, but I. I remember the strap. I remember a couple wall. guys getting the strap, and I think one of them was my brother. He was a <laughs> bit of a troublemaker. Um, but that Catholic guilt, right? You have to get it early. You have to instill it very early. Mm-hmm. And, well, you, and it's very hard to shake as an adult. Well, I had the Italian grandparents too, so I think oh, it, it comes girl. there. Yeah, yeah, I think be, it comes. Be a good Italian girl. Don't don't um, embarrass the family. No, shh. Be quiet. Don't say anything. Just yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's funny. But I can't remember what were we talking about before this that we went into the guilt. The poem took me somewhere else. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think me too. I think I was still on the poem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, about filling the the darkness with love. Right? That could mean so many things to so many people. Yeah, you know what I've come to learn is um, that the darkness and the light are are love. They're both, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's all love. Yeah, it's not opposite. Mm -hmm. I had a a professor say to me, um, what's the opposite of, of love? And everybody said, mm, hate. And I sat there, I'm like, okay, why is he asking this question? No, it's, it can't be hate. And he said, it's the absence of love. Mm. Because hate, you still carry such strong, passionate feelings. But when you're apathetic, you feel nothing, mm. that's the opposite of love. I love it. I yeah, love, isn't that nice? love, period. Yeah, I would always say the opposite of love is fear. But fear is the absence of love. Yeah. And where there is light, there can be no darkness. These are the things I love. <laughs> I love to think about it and write poems on books on it. Yes. So how are the sales going for your books? It's an interesting process that I'm just learning. This is still new for me. Um the sales can always be better, and you have to get them. They don't just come. Yeah, it's like selling a piece of art. <laughs> it's like what you were saying about the art. Yeah, it's like I wrote the book. Isn't that enough? Uh, no. <laughs> so have you gone, you've done some book openings? Like you've Not done really, some readings? No. Yeah, no? No. Do you plan on doing any? I have one at the Grimsby Library. I believe January 18 is a poetry reading. And Deeper Days, I have not held in my hands yet. I have a digital copy, but it's not the same for me. Yeah. So November 15th, it comes out paperback. 
So hopefully Ooh, I will actually hold it and fall in love with it soon. But I do want to do the daily practice. So I have how, my own, but I want to do this one too. How much are per copy for the deeper days? Deeper days per copy, I'm not 100% sure yet because the paperback's not out. So oh, okay. right now the pre-order price on Amazon is 34 and I think Barnes & Noble is twenty four ninety nine, from what I've peeked at. Okay, that's not bad at all, right? If you're looking for something to kind of ground you and give you, you know, a different sort of direction, in well, it's you're for, on a healing journey of some sort. It's it's for yeah, to to keep connection to your heart every day of your life. And who would you be if you actually did that? You would be somebody different. I know that I'm. I, I like I was saying before. I think I was operating on a different level before. I don't know if I would call it survival. I think it kind of kicks back to that single parent thing. But when I made the conscious decision, I want to do more art. I want to go back to school, sacrificing a well-paying job. Like, to make that decision as a single parent is, like, brutal, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've you've been programmed, not only by society, but that the child, you know, you have to, and if you're not, you're a bad parent and... Some people don't care and they do it anyway, but I really agonized over it. And But when I made that decision, things just fell back. Like everything fell, fell into place for me as best as it can be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I'm every time I get accepted to show something or a painting sells, I'm still like, I still get that same feeling, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, awesome. Like I'm so me proud too. of myself. I know that feeling. Yeah. So, um, but I know that I'm on the right path. And I know that I'm doing what I love and I know I have goals, but those goals change every class I take. Every breath you take. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> but, but really when I took like, when I take certain courses, everything about what I want the ending to look like changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's elevated. It's, it's sometimes it. not elevated. It's, it's, it's more simplified. Um, but I know I'm on the right path because, like, I'm doing creative things. That I think you chose your heart's path, and I think the more you listen to it one time, that voice gets louder than all of the chatter of whatever else is yeah. going on. And the things you think you need to do or you think you need, they're not no. as important as this, like, this, like, um, being of, you know, soul, I guess, for lack of a better word, that's inside your meat body. I think it's destiny. Right? So mm-hmm. it's like you're feeding that and listening to the, the whispers of the heart, I think. There's an yeah. inner intelligence that if again, Michelangelo, if you chip away the, the yeah. chatter or things you're not supposed to be doing or the people that don't make you feel that, then I think that that voice amplifies. Yeah, it's amplified. And this whole life of like magic opens up like this conversation right now magic like, is an interesting word for using yeah for, for real yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like like i was like uh, when i first started painting nobody could see it and now i i'll put it up on the internet okay so like, imagine look. this so imagine this and this is my vision which might be poetic or, or it's me but this is my vision imagine every woman was like us right now listening to their heart song imagine the magic in the whole world right it would now look like a 
fairy tale compassion, the compassion (laughs) and the love and the beautiful things that would be out and what would be be available in in the store. Unicorns. (laughs) I know, but no, I totally, I totally understand. We, um, it's like okay, well, like, um, in comparison, speaking, Mm. um, um, there are certain movements that have happened. Um, to set us on a path to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much more work to do, but there's always new issues too, because we have like new technology. The world keeps going faster and stuff. COVID really, I think helped with that, like putting the world on pause for a second. But like, but yeah, women have found more of their power. And by power, I don't mean like power to vote, power to work where you want to work. It's, it's no, it's like that feminine energy inside of you, not even feminine, but just like, the just to be who they are. Yeah. yeah that it's and okay follow to be that. who they are. Yeah. You know, and that's also when I wrote No Matter How Dark the Stain, here's what I was thinking. How many women, so domestic violence went up, I think it's 60% during COVID. Reporting of. Reporting of. Thank you. Yeah. So here's what I was thinking. Why are we all sitting at home silently suffering about these things? Because we are afraid, that fear you were talking about, we're afraid. Yeah, so it's enough. It's enough of being afraid. But we've been afraid for so long. And so I was submitting my poems, and there's poems about rape, sexual assault, miscarriages. This is what happens every day for women. But the fact that there's so many women sitting at home silent about it or carrying that around, it just makes me so upset and makes me just want to shine light on that part because right. despite those things that happen in those couple seconds of your life there's still destiny there's still they still have these seeds of gloriousness of, yeah. of contributing to the world of being absolutely essential trauma does weird things to you and your body and sometimes it takes people 12 <clears throat> 13 14 years to get to to speak to, yeah well to speak <laughs> to 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 clean yes. it away to yeah. to I, I volunteered as a uh, crisis response um, phone counselor for mm-hmm. a sexual assault center. And the majority of the women I spoke Good to training. were in their 50s who had been assaulted as children. Yes. And went through and had the family and tried to be perfect and live the typical and then just crashed mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. or even crashed earlier. But then coming out the other side with all this destruction after them, finally ready to say, you know what? I was raped. Yeah. But they weren't ready, or maybe they didn't realize it, um, or they didn't have words for it, or it was just something that happened you just, didn't talk about. But they were all a, in their 50s. Not all of them, but most of them. And that struck me as like, whoa, what a waste it of striking. life. It's so striking. Yeah, It's yeah. so striking. And, you know, for me, I think about, so my, yeah, my publisher said, okay, well, we can't call this poem Rape. Why not? And I'm like, we are. That's exactly what we're calling it. Because we live in a rape culture and one every three seconds a woman is being raped still. So I said, yeah, we are calling it that. And then, but imagine the narrative, imagine the story was this. You will be raped. You can handle it. That's basically what the story is. Right now, let's have it be like that. Let's get those women who are 50, let's get them up doing, writing their books. The saddest graveyard 
is, is buried, everybody's hopes and dreams. Let's get those 50-year-olds that sat quiet and crying and being victims yeah. to say what they want to say. What is God whispering to them? What songs would we hear on the radio? What what things would we buy? What books would we read? Yeah, I think Let's that's a that. big part of that vision is getting them the right help because I know, again, um, being somebody who worked in that environment a little bit, um, and having friends and family who have been victims. Me too. Um, two things. The, um, the first thing is your vision involves better counseling. The sexual assault wait line or wait list, there's a reason there's a call There's a call line. It's because there's a wait list. The only ones that are reporting again. Right, the ones that are reporting. Again. Um, the hospital visits. Now, you go, um, somebody will meet you at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, uh, from the organization, mm-hmm. um, they stay with you while you get your rape kit, um, and then maybe a counselor might visit you, ask you some questions. A police officer might ask if you want to charge, yes. press charges. Um, but then afterwards, you're on a list for, or you're not. It's, at that time, you're in complete trauma, so you say, "Well, I don't want to be on the list. I just want to put this behind me." Um, but if you choose to be on the list, it's like 24 months or something like that, and then. So now you're going to call in and relive that in a 30-minute call with somebody all the time. So most of my job wasn't listening to people's stories. It was calming them down, trying to get them to stop, like put red paint on your wrist instead of cutting yourself today. You know, like I, I need you to go get some Imodium and and get out of being constipated so your your mind isn't focusing on that area of your body and the pain. Like it, that was my job was to really do that sort of work. How awful. So all of these women... I think part of your vision is you need uh, you need immediate trauma intervention and support. I think the so it con- doesn't fester. I think the consciousness has risen with what's happened and what we've been talking about. I think the consciousness consciousness is high enough, and I think when women see women like you and I being ourselves, it gives them permis- permission. So I think maybe we can skip those steps with the police officer in yeah, the hospital right away. Like that? No, I think it's a process. Yeah. But I think it's important to 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 be exactly who you are because it gives them permission. I think the consciousness and the awareness and what they can do is is absolutely unlimited. So what you're talking about, what I'm hearing, is that you're saying, and they're not thinking about how it affected you at all. So you need to think about you and what you not want to take from this experience, but how you're going to get back and how you're going to. You flourish and have a life that nobody, you know, that nobody's uh, going to predict of you as somebody who's been through that. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, keep your light, right? I'm saying you, I'm you are light, you are love. Yeah. Re- yeah. Regardless, no matter how dark. Right. See, and that again, policies and procedures. You go to the hospital, you Programming, get probed, conditioning, programming, get, you know, conditioning. Let's start a and new then story. Please come in. Yeah, it's like the same. Yeah. Uh, repetition sort of policy and I'm so sure there's great people working I know there's great people working in this in, in that industry so not I to dog know. on them at all and I think we've been them I think we've both <laughs> been them I think we've I've held the hands of people who have wasted their bodies have wasted off their bones and I'm yeah, holding their hands care is very difficult and and you've and you've held the hands of of women and so have I yeah. so I think we've been there yeah yeah, I think we are who we're talking about. But at the time, you're you're when you're in that situation, right? No matter what organization you're working for, you're kind of going off of how much time you have, the funding, 
the supports you have with staff around you in your department, mm-hmm. how your supervisor is, whether they care, whether they're on a different like playing your field, coworkers. your coworkers, um, if there's any uncomfortableness or if you think things aren't fair for you, uh, bills at home, like you've got all these things Where too, right? Where your kids right? are. Mm-hmm. Where your kids are. Um, if lived experience really matters as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that my life had so many extraordinary experiences and I love that because of that, whoever walks into my yoga studio, I can meet them exactly where they're at and then show them exactly who they are. Yeah. So you're changing lives. You're, you're setting people Hopefully. on a different path. Hopefully. Yeah, yoga is very powerful. Um, when I was, uh, <coughs> when I had just left my son's father, my sister asked me to go to a yoga class with her. By the end of the yoga class, I was laying there, and there was tears. I couldn't stop just falling out of my <laughs> oh, eyes onto so the mat. Beautiful. And I was like, they were they were like streams, though they weren't they weren't normal tears. And mm-hmm. I remember going to the thank you so much. This is exactly what I needed at the end of it. She was like, I'm so happy that you came. It's such a beautiful thing, and I see that experience as if you picture a river, and there's like some area where it's twigs and rocks or right now it's fall in Ontario so the gutters will have all the leaves on top and so the yoga the gentle movements or where you place your mind or just stopping kind of clears away the gutter takes away the twigs from the river and your natural beauty the ocean of of who you are the vast sea of love can flow and it'll come out the eyes but yeah. every tear is is the ocean it's a great every release tear. for me it's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. The other thing I noticed, too, around that time was I started singing in the car more out loud. And this is the thing. Now that the gutters are gone and the twigs are removed, yeah, right? There's, Just there's like, the destiny. There's the magic. There's the joy. There's the childhood. There's the love, the laughter, the singing, the dancing, the writing, the art. So yeah, beautiful. it all comes out, right? Yep. So sometimes yeah. you just have to <coughs> go to a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> At Gangamoon Yoga in Beamsville. <laughs> no, I think it really creates space is, is what I've come to learn. It, it creates space in the body, creates space in the mind for healing, kindness, compassion, uh, all, all good things. Yeah. Uh, what are the benefits of breathing and meditation? I think the the biggest benefit is um, just relating that to some things we've talked about so I don't go off on a tangent about all of these things, is that um, the outside chatter, the culture, the to-do lists, things to do, people to see, is a little bit quieter. And I think in that instance, um, it's called Vipassana in Zen meditation. There's a moment of insight that comes or maybe you hear your heart song a little bit louder maybe you get an idea of who to see or you know you're a little bit kinder oh kindness yeah right so i i feel when people come to the studio if they breathe they meditate when they leave the studio and they go to their families maybe they're uh you know a better partner why are you being so nice mom yeah (laughs) right but it's those moments of of kindness that actually affect the whole world um crystal singing bowls 
Oh, and yeah, so, those are beautiful. So I play those, um, the vibrations, it's just a more healing aspect. But but I love to dance. I love music. Okay. I love the harmony, and I love the vibration of things. Sweet. I can't wait to hear um, the bowls when we do the retreat in February. Oh, yes, yes. I'm actually, um, I just got some pictures of the uh, space. Like, I've been there before. But a lot of people are asking me what the space looks like. So I'm going to send them to you so you can kind Perfect. of anticipate how it's going to sound and the space that you, um, mm-hmm. you're going to use. Mm-hmm. They have a little wood wood fireplace in there. So Gorgeous. I'm trying to get them to find out from the maintenance guy whether we can use it or not. Gorgeous. I, I'll bring firewood. I have oh, some. awesome. Yep. The last time I was in there, I was able to, but that was like five years ago. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so I'm sure it'll be, the acoustics will be good. I think it was uh, 1905 it was built. Oh, okay. As At a pump, pump house. house. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. It'll be interesting as well to see what the weather's going to be like. Because mm-hmm. they told me if I give them one week notice, they can push it back if the weather's bad. Are you doing outdoors? Is it something? No, but people are free to walk around if the weather is nice. It's just mm-hmm. people from like Fort Erie, um, even Toronto have said like we're just afraid because what if it's what if we get there and then there's a storm that night? But mm. usually you get the forecast and you can kind of tell if, yeah. it's, if something you have to cancel. Yeah. Um, but also I don't know if you noticed I put a post like if you need you know advice on a, a B and B to stay in like reach out because that might be a nice, nice idea, right? Yeah, to make a weekend out of it or yeah, yeah. Because although it is on a Sunday, I believe. Well, but you could still, you know, take Monday off work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right? It's taking time for yourself, creating space for, for you to, to yeah. be who you are. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's yeah, the concerns forward to that. that people have. But I think they're easily overcome. And um, I think what I'm preparing as well as far as the um, the artistic activities that match well with um, the theme of friendship and self-love and self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really coming along now. And I've got some videos that I'm going to be posting soon nice. um, to give people a better uh, visual idea of what to expect. Nice. Yeah. Actually, I just did a crystal um, healing sound bath, I think just two days ago. So I might have a video that you can Perfect. you can see a little bit. And her space was very small, ceramic floor, and just the vibrations were like off the walls and the floors, like I've never heard. So um, I'll send you a little video. And yeah, you'll perfect. Have a little taste of what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, and I can kind of um, make something a little bit longer for everybody so they get an idea of what to expect from us. Sometimes when people hear creative wellness, they're not quite sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not paint night. <laughs> So it's a little bit less, uh, it's a little bit more intentional. Than Those are popular paint nights. They are, with a glass of wine. And yoga first? Oh, yoga and then paint nights. Let's do that too. Yeah. I used to <laughs> teach social paint nights all the time. Um, so we would need a space that allows alcohol. Yes. But yeah, so I uh, yeah, I used to teach those all the time. I had a little gallery. I've never been. No? But I want to go. Oh yeah, yeah, it's good fun. If you do your sound bowls and your, is it Nadra, Nidra yoga? No, it's just Hatha yoga. Hatha yoga. So if you did yoga and then you stayed for the rest of the day, you could do some of the art activities. 
So nice. one of them is going to be painting. And it's like, instead of paint by numbers, like do what I do, mm-hmm. I give you a base and then like an art bar full of supplies so that you can add your cool. own whatever you want to it. But I, uh, I often guide and advise. What kind of paint is that? It's acrylic paint. Okay. And we're going to be doing Dorothy with a rainbow theme oh, for the colors. That's nice. I can show you. Okay. So everybody's will look different, and I have a variety of stencils that we can use as well. So I've used the star stencils and the brickwork stencils, mm-hmm. um, but I have like flowers and polka dots and oh, all sorts of stencils so nice. that um, could be used depending on how a person feels about uh, the backgrounds and the different things they want to use. And then I also have uh, gold leaf. So what's gold leaf? Gold leaf is so that's sort of one oh, of the outcomes. Beautiful. And gold leaf is what I've put on for her eyeshadow. Oh, I see. Yeah, so you can put whatever gold wherever you want. Um, but I'm making a few different examples so people can kind of see what they can create. And there's a lot of splatter involved too. So we'll have a splatter area where people can get really messy. Oh, that's amazing. People love splatter. Makes me think of the line. There's no place like home. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And home is within you. And the theme, too, that I really want to like hit home is you've had the power all along. It's inside of you. Everything you seek is inside of you. Yeah. Everything. So you, when it comes down to self-worth, a lot of that is <coughs> just you need to make some adjustments in your life and your way of thinking. And I think that you can, and I think it brings into play the higher consciousness. When I was uh, a little girl in a small town growing up, I mean, I traveled to Brazil to climb mountaintops to get over my fears and things like that. Um, I thought you had to go to India to be Zen and and all of these things. So I went to New New York City and lived there for two years to the city of dreams. Um, What I realized coming home is is that... um, you don't with the internet and with the awareness right now and with our consciousness has absolutely raised so much you don't have to go anywhere you don't need to go off and do an apprenticeship with a blacksmith to be a blacksmith here's the thing no you could learn some (laughs) skills there you could learn some skills but i think that the the piece you find at the top of the mountain is the piece that you bring there and i think that um yeah there's nowhere to get to we're already here and i think this is it yeah, and it's, it's a good way of fabulous. Thinking. Some people have this, like, you know, philosophy, like, if I made this decision, then what would have happened? And I think if I turned left instead of right, it's like, mm. that's get why bogged I don't down look by back. those. Yeah, yeah, I like to not look back. I think it's a dangerous playground. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the past comes knocking at your door, though, and you I, have to sort of yeah, live so in it for a moment. Yeah, so I've come to notice that. So it's like, how do these two books relate? Like one is poetry, one is about yoga and wisdom and teachings. And it's like, that's how I feel actually what you just said is like the the poetry is like putting all of the marbles into place so that when you come to relax and when you come to lay down and be still, if any of those things creep up, like, oh, you were such a jerk in grade four. What did you do to that guy? Or you were such a bitch you have a spot for them now it's like okay i hear you you can go back in your little spot i'm this is what i'm doing now yeah, right that's it's funny. like, like in the meditation. poetry is like you, yeah. you put stuff somewhere 
And then no, you've gotten it out. You've written it out. You've put it on. I put it, it on my canvas. You've heard it, transformed yeah. it. Then it can't hurt you anymore. It can't come back. It can't shake your yeah. peace, right? But I, some people, oh. not to cut you off, no, no, some no, people will come come to yoga, lay down, be still, and then they won't come back for five years because it's like some of that shit's scary. Yeah, it is <laughs> scary. Yeah, you have to get, shine yeah. light on those dark places for sure, especially if you're having a bad day awesome. and you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, I think um, we're pretty good for uh, time and all of that. But would you want to read one more poem to kind of read us out? Put me on the spot, girl. I know. know. Okay. Maybe you can flip it. Maybe you can flip and I'll say stop. (gasps) Let's do that. (laughs) Okay, let me fix my headphones here. Where's that? Note to self about the high pony. The high pony with the headphones for a podcast. My first podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. You say when to okay. s- to start. When? Oh boy. Pick the longest one here. Okay. It's called Shine. Nice. Imagine. Shine. <laughs> oh. Okay, we'll see how it goes. I don't have tools. Don't know if I'd come back. You don't know. You're a rock star. Ulterior motives hidden by smiles. A victim already. Malevolent maliciousness. A faulty need. A hole to fill. It's not your job to hold them up. Make them believe in dreams by being who they want, not who you are, rock star. Fear lights them up. They love because they want you to do and be their way. They'll never grow, nor stand their own. False fantasy. You think you make them happy based on your acting skill. Life is too short. You don't know. You're a rock star. Shine your star from the inside. Drive for hours. Have to lie? Being honest is not your vibe. How can you thrive? Believe in what you feel inside. Drive for hours being you. Find the courage to walk. Uncertain. Life lies ahead. I believe. I see you. Feel you. The world needs you. You're a rock star. Old paths, old patterns, healed, old results. You know where they end. You can't rewrite. You can transcend. Or the end won't be different. It's hard to change. And you're gifted, talented, disciplined. Even harder for them. Don't believe the trickster. Saying you need them to survive. Don't believe them. Reach goals. Learn skills. Catch thrills. Light the spark. Create. See. Dream. Feed what you crave. Nothing tastes so sweet as conquering your own defeat. No one gets far dragging their feet. Worn paths of the past honor your soul with trust rewards win. It's light we're afraid of. You're a rock star. You're more than you think. Rock star. Wow, that's an interesting one. It was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So in there, there's a lot of things you could 
pull out, but I think because um, we're kind of getting to the end of our time together, I just mm-hmm. want to pull out the idea of the rock star. Is that like a personality type? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have your rock stars and then you have mm-hmm. what? Like, exactly. Yeah. I think so. I think I remember reading something about that, especially when it comes to like working environments. Right? In this book, maybe you read it. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, you haven't given me a copy yet. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. But yeah, um, yeah. So that rock star person. So I mean, there's a lot, and there's also sort of like it sounds like it's a transition poem, like somebody thinking one way, and sort of you're encouraging them to transition into like you're still really awesome, but here's a few things that maybe you yeah, need to, I, to I, relook at and work on. Yeah, I think if you're in the spotlight, um, that you know, if you look at a light and you're at a cottage, all of the bugs kind of flock to the light, right? That's right. So it's really important that even though you're that, to still be who you are, to dream a new dream, because there's the other people and other things that will kind of keep you down, but that's what they need for for them to feel secure. It's like, oh, I just get one minute with him. Well, that's my whole life. But it's like still... You're you still, still have to shine. You still have to be. You still have to keep going. But it's so easy to get stuck or to get um, held down or cement boots and, and stay. But on on this level, though, I they think. are just human beings. If you're a, if you're a rock star type personality, mm-hmm. you're still. I guess what I'm hearing from you is you're still a human being that needs to nurture like different parts of yourself. Absolutely, and I think at the end of the day, whether you're this or that, it's are you what nourishes you yeah you're not one thing you can't fit into one role what nourishes you or one type yes absolutely but also it's not stagnant it's like the present moment it's like sure you can have it but it's moving then it's gone as soon as you have it it's gone as soon as you blink your eye that part of your life is dead yeah so it's you keep on it's like love it's like music it's like art it's like yoga it keeps on you never get there it's like forgiveness you can forgive someone your your dad once but then on your wedding day forgive again you keep on yeah you have to keep doing it's like nurturing a relationship with yourself keeps going yeah oh so amazing (laughs) all right okay namaste namaste Thank you for coming on, and um, we'll talk soon. You're so beautiful. Yeah, you you. are too. Thank Thank you so much for sharing your poetry with us. Oh, thanks for listening. Okay.